This recording is from Fintech Nexus USA, formerly known as London Fintech USA, held at the Javits Center in New York City on May 25th to 26th, 2022. It's from the track Data Fraud and the Future of Identity, sponsored by Prove and is titled Flipping the Data Experience with Open Finance. Speaking on the session are Jess Turner from MasterCard, Christy Kim from Tomo Credit, with moderator Jalupa Jagtiani from Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia. Good afternoon, everyone. And so uh, I'm, uh, I'm Jalupa Jagtiani with Philadelphia Fed. And uh, so thank you for having me uh, today, and I'm excited to moderate this panel. Uh, so open banking, consumer permi- permission data, alternative data, has been my favorite topic for research. I have been doing uh, a ton of research uh, using all kinds of data, looking at the roles of alternative data and how it could how it could be quite powerful in helping lenders understand, see the more holistic picture about a lender, particularly those who may not have uh, a good credit history, so somewhat a little below prime or thin file or unbanked population. So, uh, so I've looked at personal loan, small business loan, mortgage, and they all have uh, powerful results, and they're all on the Fed website. Uh, so today, uh, I am uh, excited to have two experts, industry experts, who have seen, have done it firsthand. Uh, Jessica Turner is the executive vice president uh, to my uh, most rightmost. Uh, Executive Vice President uh, at MasterCard in charge of global open banking. And she has been uh, leading uh, collaboration with banks and fintech platforms and also have been, uh, have been leading in uh, creating new products and services that would define future of open banking, basically, right? And she has been with uh, MasterCard for more than 16 years, so has a long history there, uh, a long career there. And uh, the second speaker is uh, Christy Kim, who uh, is uh, CEO and founder of Tomo Credit. And so uh, it is uh, one of the leading fintech platform that utilizes uh, alternative data to, uh, to help people build credit score uh, and uh, so to access credit, the, to allow this underserved population to utilize, to make good use of additional data that's not, that they don't have either through the official process. So, uh, so very nice to have both of them here. Uh, so uh, at MasterCard, Jess, you have been doing a lot of work leading this uh, open banking, data sharing, using customers' uh, permission data. You want to tell us a little bit about what all you have done related to partnership with banks, fintechs, and also the new products and services around personal loan, small business loan, and also mortgage. Sure. Okay. Um, So, everyone, thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Some of you helped me find the room, so I appreciate that as well. Um, MasterCard started in open banking way back, uh, really when PSD2 was announced in Europe, when everyone had talked about it, really just in the, the thinking it was a regulated kind of commercial product that was coming out of Europe. We all know now that's a very different thing that's turned out, especially if you talk about the U.S. Um, And so what MasterCard's been focused on is how do we continue to extend and expand what we do today? And what we do today is we're a trusted brand 
that connects different entities together for different products and services that are either a payment or an innovation that happens before or after the payment. Open banking in the US, and we'll talk a lot about the US today, is exactly what that is. Uh, and so what we've been doing is we've been looking at what are the different use cases and applications and products that we have today that help consumers leverage their data to get different things, whether that's a better experience, because with the connections and the services that we embed with those connections, it's easier to open an account, or what we'll talk a lot about today is lending. How can consumers use their data? How can we clean and categorize it in such a way that it's understandable so our customers can leverage that data to decide on a lending um, decision for, for this consumer or small business? Or even just within the process, mortgage is a great example. You need income verification. You need different things that have lengthy processes and are fraught with issues and very manual. And how can we expedite that for our customers and at the end, the consumer. And so those are some key areas that we're focused on today um, and will continue to be focused on. And then clearly I talked about payments. Open banking facilitates payment choice, multi-rail, and that's what we stand for. But what comes with that is the quality of the connections, the cleaning and categorization of those connections, and the data principles and responsibility behind it. And that's what MasterCard is. And so that's, that's where we start with everything and where we continue and frankly why we acquired Finicity, because Finicity really started in the mortgage use case scenario. And mortgage is a pretty pretty big loan, yeah? Would everyone agree? And so you would imagine the data quality and connections has to be very good um, for that. Yes, that's great. And Finicity and MasterCard also partner with GSE, right? What, what I have found generally is that the, we found usually more powerful um, roles of alternative data when we look at personal loan and small business loans, but it's a little harder when we to find this impact because GSE used to have their own traditional process to stamp for securitization, right? So uh, so you can use alternative data, whatever, but it doesn't pass this GSE. But now with the partnership with GSE using Finicity and uh, MasterCard, the whole process has improved. That's correct. Now, uh, Christy? You are, you are from Korea. Yes. And uh, you study here. Uh, and so what is your, so you started this Tomo Credit. What, what is the motivation for you to, to do this? Yeah, I tell people that I started Tomo Credit because I couldn't get a credit card myself. Um, so I struggled so much in my early 20s because I came here when I was 11 but my parents couldn't come here with me because my mom and dad, they are both entrepreneurs. They are small business owners in South Korea. So they supported my American, my pursuing of American dream, but they couldn't come here with me. So of course, they don't know anything about US credit system. So they didn't tell me anything about how to build credit, the importance of credit. So. Throughout college and after college, I kept using debit card, thinking that I was doing the right thing. Because with Asian mentality, I thought that I should only spend money I have. <laughs> um, and finally, um, at the moment when I tried to buy my very first car in the US, uh, I went to Lexus, BMW, because hey, I'm Asian female driver. 
<laughs> yeah, I should get a safe car. But I got rejected over and over again. So when I got rejected five, like fifth times, I thought that something was wrong. So I asked uh, one of the guys um, at Lexus, I asked them, like, what should I do? Like, do you have any ideas? And they told me that, well, you don't have a credit score. So I asked them, what should I do? Like, tell me what to do. And they told me that they cannot give me any advice. So I went to Citibank, which was my primary bank at the time. And I asked them for advice. And the bank, the branch manager at the time told me that, hey, there's nothing we can do. And I asked them, hey, but you do have my income data. You have my bank account. And you have my parents' bank account. So you know that I'm a responsible person. You can see where I spend money. So in my mind, if Citibank looked at my income and my checking account, savings account, they knew that I was good. But the answer was that they cannot do it because credit department is siloed from debit department. So I had an idea that, well, why don't we combine? But that was back in 2010, 2011, like way before open banking. So I got that idea, but couldn't do anything about it. So, and then 2019, finally I started Tomo Credit and Finicity was uh, there to partner with us so we could leverage all the income data, debit data, checking data. So I, I'm able to finally approve customers without credit score. So you started this uh, Tomo credit card for people who, you and you're not checking their FICO score at all. You're not using that score. Just, and uh, so what, what else? I mean, how, how are you differentiating yourself from these other fintech platforms uh, to, I mean, you put yourself in, uh, in that shoes, the immigrants who just came and asked young college, just graduated. How, uh, anything else that you want to, to share further? Yeah, definitely. So, um, Jess and I talked about it a lot that how Tomo is trying to make fundamental, um, fundamentally different underwriting. So when you look at all the other banks and other neo banks, they are trying to leverage new data set open banking data set, but their goal is making incremental changes. But at Tomo, because we never used FICO data in our underwriting algorithm, our model is independent from score. Because of that, what we built is very unique, so it's fundamentally different. So the beauty of um, the future of underwriting is that lenders, uh, mortgage providers, credit card companies, auto loan companies, they can customize uh, their underwriting logic based on their own user base. So Finistry data, open banking data is available and it's up to lenders how much to leverage. Some lenders might use only one or two new data attributes from Finistry and that's enough for them. But for Tomo, we are using Finicity data extensively because we are trying to do something fundamentally different. Cool. No social, no think, social media data. <laughs> no. Uh, that, that's a great point. Um, and I think that's, that's the idea that all boats rise with. You give consumers access and allow them to have consent on how their data is used. 
you can be used in the way that Christy's using it, which I think we met a while ago at a breakfast, and I was remarkably impressed with her story. Her story is actually even more impressive than that on how she started her business and, and got capital, too. So if you get to see her, you should talk to her. Um, but it's also really great just to augment existing ways that you're looking at lending and to, to, to see how you can improve what you're doing today versus having a fundamental shift. But it's remarkably powerful. And again, the key here is that consumers have the consent. They're in control. And that's a really important part of this. Okay. And so with this data sharing, fintech uh, APIs, uh, cyber risk is one of the concerns, right? Uh, is there anything else that you want to describe in terms of uh, your, your involvement in this data sharing, open banking, and how it impacts consumer and cyber risk or anything? technology that you want to mention? Sure. Um, I'll just touch on two components of it. One is um, the way the connections happen matters. Um, so that I'll, I'll leave you with that, that the more secure the transaction and the connection is, um, OAuth matters, direct connections matter, that all matters. That helps reduce uh, issues, declines in the transaction going through. But in many of these use cases, the consumer is digital in some way. So if you can imagine if you're applying for a loan or you're opening a new account or whatever you're doing, looking at your personal financial management tool, knowing that you are the person you say you are is important. And MasterCard acquired a company named Akata that helps do that. It actually says, hey, yeah, that is Christy. And then what open banking does, it says, yes, hey, that bank account actually does belong to Christy. And it is a real bank account. And so having these services that connect um, so that you can get end-to-end -end through the journey is really how you empower the consumer with the least amount of risk and you fight so cyber. Um, we have other assets too. New data is another one that's very device-based. And I can go on and on. Um, but it's not just the MasterCard services. It's services in the ecosystem and ensuring that from the start of the journey for our partners all the way through when the open banking connection data is completed, it's that it's safe and secure and seamless with low friction. That, that's, how, that's how we'll scale, and that's what matters. That's, those are the applications that matter. Yeah, and I always think about the user journey as a three-step process in a way that um, with the rise of mobile and mobile banking, fintech, actually pandemic helped fintech companies a lot, especially Tomo Credit, because with pandemic, people, young people, Gen Z, they now don't go into bank branch to open their first credit card. They look for fintech options first. So customers are very well trained to connect and share their data. The first part is consumers' willingness, increased willingness to share their data with fintech. And second part is data being available, like power um, with a, a power of finicity, we are able to gather lots of data very fast. And then the last part is that Tomo Credit is able to look at the performance data from our own underwriting and then use that as a feedback loop to continue to analyze data better ways. So for me, what is really fascinating is that it starts from consumer consent and consumers' willingness to share the data. When you think about the traditional credit bureau, I never consented or I never agreed to share data with major credit bureaus, but they have my data. And if data is incorrect, it's so hard for me to fix it. And then they are not... Um, 
required to correct my data unless I prove in a way. So burden is on me if they have incorrect data. So thinking about the traditional way of how consumers' data was held and owned, now with open banking, I think it's way more consumer friendly and transparent. Yes, so so much data is has been collected, right? We know that uh, in 2015, uh, compared to 16, actually uh, the the data from collected well before 2015 uh, was only 10% of all the data, global data that was available in 2016. And so there are some identity uh, platform that actually every time you go into that website, they'll collect 800 variables about all of us. And so the question is when you say consumer consent, uh, consumer permi permission data, Consumer is protected. You're not sharing further. You're not using for uh, advertisement or other things. I assume that. So I, I guess you can confirm that. <laughs> we use data for what it was intended according right. to the T's and C's and what the consumers request. Also, uh, of course, using more data, better model has helped those firms that have access to the technology and able to partner with vendors. A lot of small banks, small lenders have, don't have the opportunity, they don't have the resource to, uh, to access today's technology. And uh, we actually, we do quite a lot in Philadelphia at, at the Fed to, to help small banks access to today's technology and better data. And I'd like to hear from you all, what, what have you been doing in terms of partnership with smaller lenders to allow them to access underserved consumers to serve their customers better? Yeah, so we are working on like underwriting as a service concept. We call it like UAAS. So my vision is that companies like Tomo Credit, we start with credit card. We start with certain demographic, but gradually but surely proving out that we are able to underwrite people without credit bureau data. Because right now, so many new data points be, uh, became available. So Tomo Credit has been using more than 30,000 different data attributes that were not traditional, traditionally heavily used. So with that, I think we are proving to the industry and showing the example that now more and more lenders can do something similar. But everyone's risk appetite is different. Everyone's user base is different. So they will customize it the way they want. And then eventually, um, as a whole industry, will move slowly away from the traditional uh, credit bureau-based underwriting. And I think that's win-win for both lenders and consumers, because lenders can capture more audience who do not have credit score. There are more than... 40 million people in the US that do not have a good credit score. And those uh, people can be amazing consumers for lenders, a revenue opportunity. Yes. So it's a great question on what we're doing to help. And, and in the open banking world, you can be a data provider or and or a data receiver, depending on where you are in whatever function that is. Um, MasterCard's been working with all banks of all sizes for many, many years. 
um, long tail banks and large banks. And we do that in a host of different ways. We do that by working directly with many. Finicity has been doing the same as well. Um, and we also do that through partners. So at MasterCard, we are a big believer in what we call enablers. Um, partners of ours that help us make sure we can reach every merchant, every bank. Um, and a lot of those are third service, uh, yeah, third party providers. If you think about acquirers or processors, and we'll continue to partner with them in the ways for open banking, like we have for payments for years. That's how we can reach those banks, both for connections to get their data um, in a clean, uh, quality, low risk way, and also how they can get access to data for underwriting or better account opening or whatever they want to do. Um, this also helps because we also work with fintechs. And fintechs and banks can work together. It's about being where the consumer wants to be. I really, really believe that open banking, all boats rise. As long as it's done in a way where everyone's role and responsibility is clear and transparent to the consumer and for the entities in the ecosystem. And so there's a big focus for us on making sure when we're reaching these smaller banking institutions, smaller fintechs, that we're matching what those roles and responsibilities are along with what the larger institutions are. That's how open banking wins. That's how it wins in the US. That's how it wins around the world. We just acquired a company called AYA um, in November uh, last year. And um, they're, you know, they're in Denmark, and that's all they do is spend their time on that. And so we'll just continue. It's an extension of what we've been doing for years anyway, and now we have the talent and expertise of Finicity and Aya to help us do that globally. Do we have time for one question? No. Okay. Uh, so, so, that, that, thank you for being here with us. <laughs> Thanks, Laura. Thank you.